do you bring the intimacy to business? And I, you know, I can't, I don't know if it's Seth Godin or Gary Vaynerchuk or who the hell said it, but uh, do things that don't scale. That should, uh, you know, you, you, you take one of those. People, yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah. You take one of those people on a trip with you and they, and they spend that time with you, you know, just say it's one and it's not two or three or however many go with you and they get to have that yes, experience exactly. and learn the amount of word of mouth advertising. And, and not that it's just about that. I mean, but the amount of spread that you will get from that, them having that experience is tenfold what you would get trying to do, you know, some online course or some bullshit like that. Yeah, I think you're so right, dude. I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. And that's like that's the exact like that's what creates super fans, yep. right? And that are just with you and they feel like they they're loyal to you forever regardless of how how high they go or how far they succeed. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad you see it. Cuz you you would tell me if you thought it sucked. So, no, I think it's amazing. I mean, it's the reason why I want to do this thing on Sunday night, which I'm I'm so very appreciative that you're going to be part of, dude. I I know that uh, I know it's more work for you or whatever, but I I do appreciate you doing it. It's those the people that are part of that thing are going to get such an amazing experience and be able to. I what I hope they take away from it is a belief that they can actually achieve something and. And, and the ability to have all the questions answered that present barriers for them in doing whatever it is they're trying to do. And I don't know of a better yeah, way yep. of doing that. And if I can do that for, I mean, that's really what Elevate is about in general, but I wanna see if if you can bring it down to this very small, almost like mastermind kind of level, what is the difference in impact that they feel? And I'm a, my assumption is that it will be significant, but obviously, um, you know, and then to have 10 people running around the conference for the next two days talking about this ridiculous experience that they had. Um, I don't know. I just think those type of special experiences, uh, very, I shouldn't say very few. I think few people in a position to create them take the time to actually create them. And, um, you know, it's like Spider-Man, man. If you, with great power comes great responsibility. Like I think you yeah, have, yeah. You, you know, you have knowledge that people want and as much as you are capable of and isn't a strain on you as a human and your family, there is some, I feel, some obligation to redistribute that to people because it's brought you so much joy. And, and I'm not just talking about you specifically, but anyone who's accumulated knowledge, I think there's a responsibility to share that back with the world. Yeah, yeah. Completely with you and that's what, you know, fills the fills the cup. yeah. For sure. Yeah, so. For sure it does. Hey, um, speaking of our schedule, yes. when when I come out there, so we have the workshop. We're going to have our get-together Sunday night. Yep. And then do I speak Monday morning? Is that what our schedule is? Your is schedule how it works? Your schedule is the workshop on Sunday and the thing Sunday night. But we didn't, we didn't, we're not doing um, a keynote from you this year. Okay, so just those two things. Yeah, the workshop and right, then cool. uh, the Sunday night thing. That was the, that was what we, that was what we set up. We because you you introduced yeah, me to Joey I Coleman. I couldn't remember. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even remember what we did set up this year, and so I was, um, I was talking to Jamie about last night. I was like, I can't remember if I have this, and she's like, I think you just have the workshop. And yeah, I'm like, I, I can't remember. And I decided, and that's 
completely fine with me because I'm I'm you know good either way. Yeah. So okay, well sweet. And I'm thrilled that Joey's coming out there. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It um. Oh yeah, I am pumped. For, sorry, I know your video guy was coming with you. You're gonna love him. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. No. I'm. Um, I'm super pumped. Uh, dude, the lineup is ridiculous. I mean, I. I just did a hype video that I just published. Um, like an, an hour or so ago, and like by the end of it, I just basically like walked people through like step by step what we were delivering, and by the end of it, I was like out of breath and exhausted at like. I mean, literally, a, a freaking video marketing workshop for you for the price of this ticket, just that alone is, like, makes the whole conference worthwhile. And the freaking thing hasn't even started yet. I mean, we got Joey Coleman <laughs> on Tuesday. Anthony Iannarino's coming to do the Tuesday keynote. I have six. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And I love him. He's he's awesome. And, and I wanted to kind of bring back, I, I guess my, when I was talking to him, my whole point was, um, like, I'm I'm kind of worried. I have this I have this this worry that there's a generation of professionals that possibly could forget that you still have to be able to sell, right? That digital alone does not grow your business, that it's really an introduction for the most part, and that you still have to actually be able to sell someone like convince Ryan, them that you are making a great point. Right? I mean, you are making a great it that my friend is a problem yeah and there's a whole generation that doesn't want to pick up the phone yep and that doesn't want to pick up the phone once much less twice or three times depending on what's needed like you know really get outside their comfort zone because we can hide behind the walls of emails it's easy to email somebody you know more than once and saying just checking back in just checking back in just checking back in it's harder to walk in their front door and say hey man i'm here to talk to you it's a different game and people have forgotten how to do that yeah and they don't know how to value themselves (laughs) or their time yeah I'm glad that you see that it's going to be a big issue. Yeah, it's going to be an enormous issue. And I, so I called Anthony because I I wanted a sales speaker. And I said, I said, dude, like you are the the best guy that I know who's hardcore sales, but at the same time, like appreciates and respects what digital is. And um, so he's going to come in. I told him, I go, I want you to pound them over the head with the fact that digital is not the answer like like you have to be able to do both like digital's an, an awesome it's great and it's a huge part of being successful today but you still have to be able to close somebody like you still need to like get on the phone with them or show up at their office or have them come to your office and close business like that's that is so important yeah. so um so so yeah so he's like a really cool kind of change piece to the to the overarching message um i got this guy ryan walter coming in who's a former stanley cup winner and he's got this awesome like leadership uh four pillars of leadership thing that he does and you know he's like a hockey guy so it's uh and i mean and that's just three people i mean it's it's insane i got six carrier ceos coming um all kinds of agents and thought leaders from around the industry up and down in and out it's it's um it's gonna be tremendous and then uh so so i like and then this sunday thing and uh and oh and i bought um, for Joey and for Anthony, I bought 500 copies of each of their book. Um, so the first 500 people to come oh, and like register right. get each get get hardcover copies of both of their brand new books, which will both be New York Times bestsellers. So it's like I just 
like I was thinking about this thing and I was like, oh my God, like this kind of is going to be ridiculous. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, and uh, I'm much Man. less stressed because we actually this year hired, like I have the person who's doing it this year, like she's done, you know, her name is Jen and she, she's amazing. And then uh, we just, we just hired out the pieces that we didn't know how to do. So it's, you know, like me yeah. chasing someone down because it's their turn to speak it is not going to happen this year. Like we have people now who will make sure they're set up and mic'd up and comfortable and got their bottle of water and like, you know, that they're, they're ready to go. So it'll be, it'll be a yeah. different scene. Or, or got your music, got your music in the morning when yeah. it comes in. Oh right? my gosh. So dude, so it's so funny. So I have told the story of you walking in and being like, where's the music dude? I can't tell you how many times because everyone, so like, well, you know, you bring in someone to do this or, you know, we, we got this company called Platinum who's amazing. Um, who's doing like all the setups for everything, like the stage setup and, and all that kind of stuff. And they go, so like, um, so what's your thoughts on music? Like, how do you guys handle that? And I go, I want to be completely honest with you. We didn't have music last year. <laughs> like literally one of our speakers walks in and goes, where's the music, dude? And, and that's how, that's the only reason. And then the best part about that is it's the freaking sound guy running it off like his iPod. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, dude. It's great. And it worked out. Nobody ever would have known. No right? one ever like, would have known. That's the beauty yeah. behind it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's the great. number of things that were just like plucked out of thin air for last year, which, you know, I, I tried to – I don't want to lose the kind of raw feeling. So we, you know, it, we we definitely, I think, uh, we kept a lot of the things that we thought worked. But there were, there were also some things that, you know, just from a – I don't want to leave it to the sound guy's iPod for background music this year. Probably not, probably not a good best practice. It was certainly fun for last year, but um, (laughs) so I guess we're, uh, I guess we're on here. We should talk about something um, that isn't just us like catching up, Uh, but it has been a while since we've chatted. So, um, so you're coming in. I know, like a, like a, like a, let's see here. No, it has. I don't think I've talked to you since like the summertime. The best. The best, the best show that never was, the hot seat. If, oh, if I have one wish, it's that one of these days you and I can do, you and I can do a show together again at some point oh. in our professional careers. Might not be a year or two away, but at some point that, that we're that we're doing the show. Oh, dude, I would love. I'm that. serious about that too. So I'll tell you what, I I just got a brand new computer, um, and so like two days ago, and I don't know about you, but when I get a new computer, which I don't do often, the computer I'm using right now is from 2013. Um, it takes me forever to like get the new computer set up because they don't come the way your old computer is. Like all the things are different. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have any of the Adobe stuff. It's like all this stuff. So, but so I'm like looking through old files, and I find I found some of the old episodes of the hot seat like the recordings like a couple of them like in some crazy file like i don't even know where and i just it made me very nostalgic for how freaking awesome the hot seat was even though the name made no sense (laughs) and and it just oh and we used that whatever that platform was that was going to take over the internet um blab. blab that's right blab oh my god but you know the cool thing now is you could do it uh, like right inside Facebook, do like a Facebook Live. I mean, now you have multiple people. You could do a, uh, an Instagram Live. Right. All the platforms that we kind of wished had that feature, you know, whatever it was, two or three years ago, um, 
now they all have that that functionality so uh yeah they woke up to it yeah maybe someday maybe someday oh the hot seat was so good that was so much someday, fun brother. um God, my mm-hmm. basement wasn't finished then. I'm like looking around, thinking about when we did the hot seat. Like, my entire basement is finished. I have this whole <laughs> office now. Like, this was all just raw concrete floor. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty friggin' rust, rustic. You had it going on down oh, there. Oh, I know. Dude. People are like, look. It's like, are you in a construction zone? No, this is my house. This is where I live. Um, all right. So, dude. Okay. So, uh, we've talked about a bunch of elevate stuff but but you're actually coming in and doing a workshop for people and uh last year you did um and i don't want this to sound like uh i don't want this to diminish um what you did but you did kind of your standard uh here's my story here's how you do it kind of um your your stump speech last year and it, and it rocked the house right people loved it it was the highest rated um talk of the whole conference and uh we feel blessed that you're gonna come back again but in this then this this year's um at, at elevate 2018 you're coming back and doing a workshop which uh i am yeah i'm so freaking pumped about so talk to me a little bit about um you know kind of what you're thinking about for the workshop and and just why why are you doing workshops like what is it about the workshop format so just just start talking and then i'll try to make up some questions so 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 here's the thing i've i've always said that you can do dramatically more in two or three hours with 20 25 30 40 people than you can in 45 minutes with a thousand and that's because we have the chance to truly start the application process of whatever the thing is and in this case the thing is video and you know i think ryan the stat that everybody has to take into account which is the uh, cisco stat that is by the year 2019 80 percent of the content we consume online is buyers consumers is going to be video-based content so if that's the case and we have to accept that it is what does it mean for our company for our organization for our agency and of course to me it means that we're all media companies whether we like it or not so those that know my story like i am a media company that happens to to uh sell and install fiberglass swimming pools i'm a media company that happens to have a digital sales and marketing agency but i am a media company and the moment somebody realizes that and they start to see the world through that lens it gets really exciting in our ability to to engender incredible amount of trust on the front end are so much higher than they've ever been if they just catch the vision and so i can't wait for this because we can actually get our elbows dirty and people like literally ryan when they come to elevate and come to that workshop you're going to see people that night and they're going to say i'm ready to go home because i'm good bro i got all i needed from this event and i'm not saying that like as an exaggerative way i really mean that because i've been teaching this workshop and the results have been phenomenal I'm so pumped. It's going to be so please don't go home um people after you have Marcus's workshop cuz it'll be very lonely for the rest of the event. But um but I get what you're saying. Man. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Please don't go. Please home. don't go home. There's so much more I would like you to stick around for. But um no, I I think oh, man, you know, I so you know, with the video thing, I in August, I'm going to give you my personal experience with this. So I've done sh- sh- tons of video, um, just like you have for a long time. Um, 
but I've never done a vlog. Never done a vlog. Uh, which for some reason, vlog seems like a cooler word than blog. I don't know what it is about that. Like I'm okay being like, <laughs> oh, I vlog. But when I say blog, it like so like feels like I'm puking a little. Um, so uh, that's that's beside the point. So. Um, I've never done like a vlog before, like a consistent show over time. It always just like, oh, I want to do some videos about insurance or I'm going to do a couple videos about this marketing topic that I'm interested in. Um, and back in August, I started doing uh, a vlog called The Show, which is um, shows you my incredibly unique uh, titling skills. Um, and I got I to gotta be honest with you, man. Um, you want to talk about exponential growth in terms of engagement, uh, reach into the community, pulling new new faces out of the crowd that I hadn't interacted with before, um, reaching into organizations that I didn't know even watched or, or consumed our content in any way, shape, or form. It has been this incredible eye-opening experience that... I mean, it's a pain in the ass to get a video out every week, especially because I do all the shooting and all the <laughs> editing myself. I mean, it's an incredible pain in the ass. There is no doubt about it. But I got to be honest with you, man, the, the results have been like, I mean, substantial. There isn't even a it, tremendous. I mean, trem- there's no there's no lesser word to say than tremendous. It, it just it's been I, I, I couldn't have imagined the what's what's happened as a result of doing 39 episodes of the show. Well, here's I think, Lins, what you're saying, Lins, to to this point here, which is, we've heard for a million years that people buy from those they know, like and trust, right? And so if you think of like, what is really the essence of video? What's the ultimate goal of video? And and this is how I define it, especially when I'm talking to, to people that are in sales and sales pros and whatnot. The idea is that our customers and prospects can hear us before we have ever heard them, that they can see us before we've ever seen them, and that they can know us before we ever know them. And if we can achieve those three things, hear, see, know, well, then we will reach that next level, which is trust. And once we've hit the level of trust that comes with this, then when we actually do meet with the prospect or with the existing customer for this you know, new thing that we're offering, whatever it is, that we don't have to spend the time on the building, quote, relationships of trust. And too often, when we sell, we're spending so much time just trying to earn, trying to earn their respect that we don't spend enough time doing the thing that we have to do to keep the lights on, which is selling, right? And so there's really two elements. There's the, there's the building relationships of trust. We've got to eliminate that as much as possible. And we do that through the visual experience. We can do it even better than we can in that you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes face-to-face. Then the next element of that sales process that we can overcome with this video medium is the educational side. And I'm going to hammer that to death. And let me just give you one example of, of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about, Ryan. So it's like every company, every agency, every agent, doesn't matter who it is, we all make claims right so let me give you a really really simple example of what I'm talking about so one of the one of the fads these days that you see organizations love to make is they say it's our people that make us different 
That's really like everybody loves to say that. It's about people that make us different. Well, here's the problem though. If you say it's your people that make you different and all your competitors also say it's their people that make them different, what does it mean to the marketplace? And of course, the answer is it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. because it's just noise. It's just noise until you show the thing. You see, oftentimes, as businesses and brands, we don't have to be different. The difference comes when we show the thing. Just by showing it, automatically we engender a trust level that wasn't there previously because they saw it. it it's, it's fascinating. Really, the history of this more than it's people are like what do you mean the history of this really started with subway subway like subway the sub shop because that was the first place ryan that said we're going to make it in front of you and because we could see it made in front of us now people might say yeah i'm in new york i've been going to delis for years okay sure whatever but subway was the first big one that You could actually see it, the entire experience, made in front of you. Today, we want to see it made in front of us so that we can say, I get it, I understand it, and I trust this thing. So that's our goal with video. There's so much more involved to it. But I can tell you this. It's not going to be a bunch of theory in the workshop. It's going to be, all right. So here's the next type of video that you can produce to get phenomenal results in terms of growing your customer base and improving your sales process, right? Um, and then we're going to like we're going to ideate and then I'm going to work them through it and we're going to talk about what they came up with. And so they're going to leave with all these this is what I'm going to do next steps. It ain't going to be, well, you know, I think video is a big deal. No, 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 no. I'm not there to convince them video is a big deal because if they don't get that, well, then they're destined to fail anyway. I can't do that. I'm not a missionary for what's obvious. What I'm there for on that particular day is to help everybody see a way of doing this that they hadn't previously imagined and how it can help them garner new business and dramatically affect the sales process. That's why I'm there, and they're going to have a good time with it. Man. Now I want to sit in on the session. I got. I'm gonna be like working and stuff. This is. It's kind of BS. Um, you know, I. I. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got like things to do. I wanna. I'm just gonna stop all the other things and just come and sit and watch. I. Um, I. You know. I. This is this is why uh, you know this is we we so closely align on so many things. It's it's really funny. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just, I, I wish I had like some amazing follow up to that other than uh, I, I just, I mean, this is why you're doing the workshop. It's why you were literally my first call after Elevate. I mean, I think I called you like a week after Elevate ended and I said, I want you to come do your video workshop and who should do the keynote that you did. I mean, it was like, it was like seven days, <laughs> seven days later I called you because this is so important to people. I mean, um, and I, and you know, in, like in our Agency Nation University group that we have and on Facebook and email and all the different things that we do, we've been getting deluged with uh, inquiries about how to do video. So I, I think the market in terms of specifically for independent agencies, I think they're very ready to start taking on video. I think the days of, ah, 
ah, you know, that's for someone else. That's not for our agency. I'm I'm thankful that it feels like we've crossed that precipice, that, that people now are aware this is something we can do, that we should do, and now I very much feel like we're moving into the how we do it method, and that's why kicking off this conference with your workshop is, it's just tremendous. It's just, it's absolutely tremendous because um, what I'm hoping for is they get that how out of the way so that when we start talking about all the other stuff that may be a little more theoretical, they can figure out how to plug the how into the higher level strategy stuff. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Do, you, do you think that's, yeah. I, I, I just yeah. feel like so many people get hung up on these little a- hows. A- Yes, absolutely. And regardless of how how many is on their team or what their budget is, the beauty is I've designed this workshop so that they get a ton of value regardless, okay? And so there shouldn't be any excuses or reasons. And like you you know to your point Ryan, like we are in 2018, we're basically where websites were with video in 2018, where, where websites were about 12 years ago. So it's about 12 years ago when everybody said, yeah, I pretty much have to have a business. <laughs> Excuse me, a website if I have a business. And if I don't have a website, I don't have a business. So that acceptance for the most part was about 12 years ago. Right? Now we are really at that same threshold period for video. So many are saying, I just can't deny this any longer. You know, and one thing I want to want to say about this, and I'm just going to be really frank. Some people just say, you know, they, 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 they hear this and they say, well, you know, video is not my thing. And the problem with that statement, it's extremely myopic and selfish. Well, I'll tell you why. Because when you get into the business of sales, and when you're an insurance agent, you're in the business of sales. You know that. I know that. Like, that's you have to sell things. And so when you get in the business of sales, you lose the right to say, I'm not going to give this person every reason to trust me. You have lost that right. You could have chosen another profession. You could have been an engineer. You could have been a nun. You could have been all these things. And nobody would have asked you to be on video. But you ask people for their money. And you're asking them to trust you. And because of that, you've got to give them every reason to do it, which means they need to see your face. They need to hear your voice. They need to feel like they know you. That's where we are in 2018. That's where we're, that's where we're headed. It's not going to stop. It's only going to speed up. And I'm just hoping that those that come are as, as excited as I am to start to apply things that they never realized possible with video. It's going to be really, really fun. Let me ask you a question. This comes up all the time, and it's about quality of gear. Um, I have an opinion on it. I'm very interested in yours. Let's let, I'd love to, so that, you know, just, you probably get this question constantly too. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. quality of gear. How important, what should people be thinking about, um, is iPhone in a dream enough or do we need to invest in DSLR or something, you know, like that? Where do you stand on the quality of gear in terms of producing video? Well, this conversation is really similar to, to textual content conversations that you and I have had over the years, right? And, and that is we're never going to be perfect 
with the quality of the video that we produce. And so your obsession, if you have one, should be progress, right? Progress over perfection every single time. So what does that mean? Well, have to take into account that everybody must crawl before they walk. They must walk before they run. That's just the deal. That's life. It's been that way since the beginning of time. So with video, you can't really skip those either. Now, there are ways to speed them up. And so you have options. You can do like many of our customers have done, and I know certain agencies have done, is they hire a full-time videographer, which sounds preposterous to some until they realize the impact it can have on the organization. Once you get a full-time videographer, then it's a total game changer because you have somebody that can do it at a high level. They just need to, we just need to make sure they have the right strategy, right? Now, Let's say you don't have that option. How much do you need to spend? Well, the fact of the matter is there are people that are actually killing it with iPhone video. There's people that are killing it with, with nicer equipment, DSLRs, etc. But what you will find is if you start with iPhone, you're going to get into this and you're going to say, you know what? I think we can do better. And there's where the progress comes in. And you're going to start to evolve your equipment. You're going to evolve your style, how you edit. You're going to add more because it's not just equipment. It's things like, you know, any video that we produce with my team, 100% of them have overlay text that's involved that is shown throughout the video. That's a must. That's just a requirement for us. It wasn't that way, Ryan, three or four years ago for us because we were in the crawl phase. Now we're probably in the jog phase, right? And so because we're in the jog phase, we're doing things that other people won't necessarily do. Everything, though, has its season. I just don't think that we can necessarily expect people to skip them. I don't ever want to be the guy that says it's got to be perfect. And so from a qualitative standpoint, Right. We tell clients that you want it a six and a half out of 10 on the quality production level when you're starting, but a nine out of 10 from an audio standpoint. So where we can't really um, accept less than really good is the audio elements of the video because the brain has no patience for poor audio. But with respect to the visual experience, People know, especially on YouTube, that it's not going to be perfect. And so that's why your standard right at the beginning might be a six and a half out of 10, like we teach. But in a year, it should probably be a seven and a half or an eight out of 10, right? By this point, you know, I want everything at least a seven and a half, eight out of 10. That's what I want it to be. But I wasn't always that way. I know it's a long winded answer to your question, but that's our, that's my take on this. No, I I think it's a I think it's a good I like the progress over perfection. You know, where I get hung up in and 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 you know this about me. I one I'm a I'm a nerd and I what I get hung what I I have a problem with the expectation that other people nerd out on things like I do. So I have to always back myself up. Yep. Um because once I get into something and video is certainly something that I'm into, I want to keep figuring out the nuances that make it better and better. And I know not everyone does. So I constantly am struggling with, you know, like like the iPhone upshot video where it's like, oh, I'm just, I just, that whole, I guess part of me loves the, you know, just hit publish. And part of me hates just hit publish because hmm. as long as it's through the filter of, I'm doing the best I can at this moment, then I love it. 
What I don't like and what I worry about with that mentality is this is good enough. I'm going to half-ass it. I'm just going to put something out because, you know, Ryan or Marcus or some other talking head told me I needed to do video. So, boom, you know, checkbox, next thing. And it's a poorly lit, you know, iPhone upshot with an in an echoey room. And it's like, no, I'm doing video. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, for $30, you could have had a nice quality shot, a decent lighting, and your audio could have been 100 times better, but you didn't take the time to actually think to do it, to, to get your game to that point, I guess. that's Does that make sense? Like, I guess, and there's no way of knowing where well, someone's it's, mentality it's, it's a slippery, is. Well, it's a, you're right. It's a slippery slope. I would, I would rather somebody produce something that's shoddy than nothing at all. Even if at first they're just, you know, just just doing it halfway, only because the majority of people don't do it at all because they think it has to be perfect. And you know, so it's just one of those things where it's always my hope that if they start creating art, they'll realize that it tastes and feels good. Yeah. And want to pick up the paint more because of it right yeah. and then they'll they internally will elevate their own standards that's that's my approach to it i don't think there's a definitive right answer to this but i do know that the quest for perfection has killed so much personal art out there whether it be text or whether it be video or whether it be the speech that you're supposed to give but you've never given it that to me is a great tragedy and so I think we got to give people the benefit of the doubt that are at least willing to try. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And, and you know, I don't know why this is such a – I guess I just – in my head, I don't know how to articulate what I really – I'm – dude, I'm with you 100% and I want people to do the work and I want them to try and put it out and get better. I just don't – I guess I just always struggle with doing it to do it, not because you – I don't know. I, I'm 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 mixing it up. I just there are simple ways to do things to to improve a hundred x, and a hundred x might not be perfect or even close to perfect, but it's a hundred x better than the weakest attempt. And when I see the weakest attempt, and then a but I did it, I feel like not really. Like you didn't really you didn't take ten minutes to actually think about how to do it. So that someone on the other side would actually want to consume it, right? I I guess that's my thing is like if you're going to put such a piss poor effort in, then you're are you hurting your brand? Like if it's if it's terrible, like if the auto is the audio is super echoey and it is a, a poorly lit upshot and you look 100 pounds heavier than you are because you're shooting up through your body with a wide angle lens on your iPhone, then are you actually hurting your brand? Like, can you hurt your brand by by doing such a poor job? And I mean, I'm talking like a two out of 10, not not the six and a half that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Could you? Well, I guess you could, but it, it, this goes back to the person's mindset. I mean, it might be that the first five or 10 videos you produce, you don't ever publish, but you feel great about the fact that you did them. You use them as learning experiences, and you say, "Okay, it's not it's not that six and a half or seven yet, but it it's a four. So what do I need to do to get it to that six and a half or seven? At which point I'll go ahead and publish it out there. We just got to be careful 
that we're not hypercritical on ourselves, yes, that we're okay. Sure. And then when I say six and a half, I really mean I really mean six and a half because seven sometimes is <laughs> some people don't want to give themselves a seven, but I find that six and a half is that magic number. I'm like, you know what? It's not that bad, and it's a it's a great start. And so let's go ahead and get it out yeah. there. And and I'm dude, I'm with you. I would never want to discourage someone from from doing the work. I mean, that's. I, I, I guess I just hope, I guess my hope is that people will, there's so much free resource, there's so many free resources out there, there's so many people willing to help, I hope they'll just take the extra couple minutes and get to a six and a half, or, or even a five, give me a five, you know, I just, you know, and, and I'm with you, I'm with you, Not, I don't want to be overly critical, and I and I want people to do the work, I just... It's not, I guess, knowing today what the bar is to get to a six, like, you should be able to get to a six. If you really care about what you're doing and you're taking it seriously, like, I mean, a $20 tripod and and setting your, your tripod up in front of a window and you now have a, a well-lit, uh, you know, at least even or possibly downshot, depending on what you're trying to do, and, and most likely uh, a halfway decent audio if you're in a big enough room that has a couple windows, like... Now you're now you're fine, and that's the twenty dollars spend and in two two more minutes of thought. I guess that's I guess that's what I'm talking about. Is just I hope people will take it seriously to get to that six because it's not that hard. That that well, bar is let me, very let easy. Let me just add one last yeah. Let me add one last point to this. All right. So everybody that was there last year heard me talk about they ask you answer, and they ask you answer is not just about answering customers' questions. It's about an obsession knowing how your buyer is thinking, what they're feeling, what they're saying. And so if you produce a video and you're looking at the video that you just produced, the obsession is what is the viewer seeing from their eyes? What's their impression that they have right now? And if that is the case, because you're obsessed with the viewer and you want them to have a magical experience when they're vetting out, in this case, their, their agent, their provider, well – you naturally make that progress. And so ultimately for me, this conversation isn't about equipment. And it's really not even about quality per se. What it's about is, am I really obsessed with the way that my customer is thinking, my prospect, and am I making adjustments to the way that I sell, to the way that I market, to the way that I have set up my customer service? Am I doing those things based on what today's buyer wants? And video is just one part of that, right? But because today's buyer does want to visually vet all things. And that's a fact. Well, we've got to adjust to the marketplace. And that's, of course, what we're all going to talk about. And that's why you're the master guru and I'm just your Padawan. Um, so, <laughs> so I want to talk to you about two other things before you go. I want to share with you an experience that I had that I that I would love your feedback on. So this is where I switched the podcast to um, a personal consulting session for me. Um, I have not shared this in Speak and Spill yet. I did my very first okay. keynote, no slides, zero slides. Okay. Not one. Okay. It was a life-changing mm-hmm. experience for me. And I'm gonna give. Let me give you the the, the 30 second run up. I did a, a, a 
breakout session for the Ohio insurance agents uh, back in the fall. I think you may have even been at that conference or maybe not. Maybe that was a different one. doesn't matter. Um, I did two sessions back to back the same thing. They just cycled in a new audience. First session, audio, video goes blue smoke. They got nothing. I can see the look of terror in the, in the sound guy's eyes. And I just said, screw it. We're going to rock and roll and just walked out and we just did our thing, you know, about half hour in, he gets them, gets them back up. And I just said, don't worry about it, dude. We're just going to do it. So I did 45 minutes with basically no slides and I had an awesome experience. Cycle that audience out, cycle new mm-hmm. audience in. This time audio video is working. I go back to my standard thing. Still a good presentation, a an absolute palpable difference in terms of the engagement and energy in the room. So fast forward to about two months ago, I'm at, uh, I got this producer conference that I'm at um, for a large agency in Wisconsin, about 80 people in the room. And I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna test this out. I'm gonna see if it was just the audience in that, you know, back in the fall, or if this shtick mm-hmm. with no visuals, just focused on me and my engagement with the audience is what really brought it out. It was life-changing, bro. 10 minutes, my story, the relatable, you know, pull them into me and build that trust. 20 minutes on like what was on top of my brain right there with with the topics that they wanted to talk about, which were technology and, and marketing and that kind of stuff. And then that went right into questions and we did questions for 60 minutes. It was, we did, it was, it ended up being 90 minutes and it was I thought it was phenomenal. It just was so much fun. And I felt like the audience, they just, their hands never went down. There was literally a line of hands. It was, it was amazing. I don't know that I have a question. I'm just interested in your take on no slides and, and the experience. I just wanted to share that with you because I haven't had a chance to. And I, I just, I'm like trying to think of a situation where I would well, want to go back to having so, AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's really look at, at what happened there. See, to me, what happened in those experiences is that you, in, in that moment of no slides, it forces you to become more obsessed with what your audience is thinking, what they're feeling, what they're saying, what they're wanting to know, right? So you had this great experience because it was, um, it was the essence of communication, right? Where you form this community within the communication. So when one person shares, things are cool. But when a group starts to share, the energy always elevates. I mean, there's a reason, and you've seen me do this for years, that even though the slides might be there, the magic always occurs when there is conversation with the audience. Always. And it sounds to me like your last one that you did with those 80 folks. That was magical because of the fact that it was raw and that they were so engaged with you. And it truly was a conversation with one guy in the – pretty exciting. I don't think necessarily there is a best way here, but in terms of slides or no slides. But I do know without equivocation that – the obsession with your audience and truly not just like having somebody stand up and high five their partner and you know chant a few things that's not engagement 
It doesn't count. Engagement is when you truly do hear a question from the audience that you didn't necessarily know that they were going to ask, or they make a comment that you didn't necessarily know they were going to say, and then your ability to make that work for the overarching thing. Right? That, to me, is engagement. It's rare. See much or many speakers at all do it. I think this is your natural calling, though, because you know this industry so well. You're so passionate about it. You listen well, and so it fits your style. I don't think everybody could necessarily do that nearly as well as you did it, but it sounds to me like you have found your style, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I would love to be able to do? I, and actually, so, I, so I've dissected this a hundred times. I've talked about it on the show because it was such a – it was it was a it was it just was a transcendent experience for me it, it, and and everything you just said is true it it brought me i was it, i went from thinking about the joke timed to the next slide to literally constantly scanning every person in the crowd or as many as i could watching reactions to yep. different things that i was yep. saying it, it it just it was it was it was just it became a different thing right and i had literally no idea what i was going to say next i was watching for what they were queuing on and then just building cuz cuz you you taught me this a while ago about have these have these it. modules right have these modules of content well th- just because i don't have the slides doesn't yep. mean i don't have the modules in my head so i'm literally just you still have real- the module you yeah. still have them in your head yes i'm just plugging the modules in as i see them and they you know there were two, two or three things that I normally talk about that I didn't talk about, and it didn't do anything to the presentation. And I had 40 more stories <laughs> that I could have told if there was a break in the questions. And then it, it just it was tremendous, man. It was so tremendous. Um, but uh, going back to what I wanted to tell you was what I wish I could do was have on-demand because there are probably, I went back and looked at my deck a couple times, there are maybe a half dozen slides that would, if that story came up, I would love to have a visual aid for that story. Like the, I got this one that's like a triangle, I call it the customer experience triangle of death. And I don't need it because I can explain it. But if I had it, um, I think that would be valuable. Just, just if that story came up, and so like, I wish there was like a device where I could just punch number three, and the screen would go from black to just that slide. Like, I wouldn't have to click through to it because I wouldn't want to disrupt the flow. I would love to just be able to like click a button and, you know, here comes that just that slide, and then back to black when I'm done with it. And I may not use any of the other slides. I may use all of them. You know what I mean? But have that. That's one thing I wish existed. I don't yeah, know what it does. So I absolutely know. Yes, yes. And unfortunately, the, the only way that that exists right now is, is by use of flip chart, right? Because I've, I've done absolutely what you're talking about. And the flip chart allows you real time to create the slide yep. based on what, they, what you know you want, right? Now, it's not perfect, but Simon Sinek's done pretty well with it. And so yeah. I guess, yeah. we, can, I guess we, can, we can all all use it. I do love your invention, though. Yeah. Like That would be super hot because there's been many times when I was thinking the exact same thing. I wish I, I could just hit a button and just jump towards this particular area, this particular segment, like you said, because that's what needed to be told in that moment. Yeah. The only other way that I could think to do it is if you had uh, a really good uh, partner 
uh, audio video partner who who like when you story when you went to that story knew which stories that you told they could punch up that slide. So you I, you know what I mean. That was the other way I was thinking of it was you'd have to have someone in the back who go oh he's going into the customer experience triangle of death you know boom up up pops that slide and now you're looking at yep. and, and you know and then and then and then back to black when you get off of that and then. You know, maybe you don't get to any of the others, but then um, I, there was just there was just a, there was like literally a half dozen. There were six slides that kind of like you know Simon Sinek's why thing that he, you can explain it, and it's you're ninety percent there. But if you had the visual aid, it would take you. You know, it it, it just burns that hole in your brain. And I've had people. I mean, I've had dozens and dozens of people draw that triangle like in their notebooks and stuff or on a sheet of paper when they're there. So I do think there's something to that. I don't know. I will. I just I wanted to bring that. Okay, last thing, because I know we're up against a number. Um, I want to talk more about this. We didn't get to it because we bullshitted too much at the beginning. But um, (laughs) give me three more minutes. The book. Tell me a little bit about the book, your experience of writing it, publishing it, releasing it, just Anything about the book, and then I want you to tell them where people can get it um, and all that. I, I just—it's a tremendous piece to have. It's—I'm it, so happy for you that you that you got it out and that it, it's in the world and it exists. And um, just any part of the book or the experience of writing it or publishing or whatever that you want to share, I'm, I'm just interested. Yeah, and I wish I had more time. I do have to jump because of my next appointment. But let me just say this. Yeah, yeah. I ended up loving loving the whole process of the book. I here's the biggest surprise. People that don't know me liked it. And that was the gauge. Like I knew my friends would say Marcus this was great. I knew the people that may have seen me say it in an audience setting where I can say it in such a way that it just it's so inspiring. It's different if you just read it. Yep. But the fact that so many people have read it and it's changed their business and you know they buy another 50 copies for their employees. That's been huge. The fact that I didn't, you know, obsess over how many sales that I had, but it it sold more than 10,000 copies the first year, which is the big metric for success. That made me really, really happy, right? Um, Publishers, for the most part, um, they're worthless. I mean, uh, at least the one that I worked with, Wiley, I'm happy to say that it just wasn't a great experience because, you know, all I did was put it out there and they were fine. But, you know, I've had, you know, one or two emails from them since the day that it was published. And so I'll probably self-publish my next one, but I'm glad I used a regular publisher on the first time. Yeah. But look, if you are really looking to become the best teacher in your space, the most trusted voice in your industry and you want to see what the future looks like, well then they ask you answer. It's a, I'm hoping that it's a timeless book because the obsession always comes back to the customer. There, So dude, I know you got to run. Thank you so much. There's still a really good chance that I'm going to buy as many of these books as I can and have them at Elevate as well because it kind of bugs me that, that I just haven't got that in the budget yet, but uh, we're still working on that. Um, so there's a good chance that's going to happen for you. If you don't want to take that risk, I'll have links to the books in the show notes or just go to um, go to Amazon. Uh, they ask, you answer, uh, put it in, you'll find the book. Um, search for Marcus. Dude, I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad you're coming um, to Elevate again to share in the experience. And uh, I just wish you nothing but the best, brother. You uh, You are the man. 
Thanks, buddy. You take care. Can't wait to see everybody that's uh, listening to this soon. And uh, and uh, let's get going, man. All right. Thanks, brother. If they show love, I'm going to show it back. If the catch is too small, I'm going to throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. All right, yeah, let's do that again. If they show love, I'm going to show it back. If the catch is too small, I'm going to throw it back. I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that. All right, yeah, let's get into it. Hopes half empty, not his glasses broke And I'm the captain of this crash boat So when it's time to sink and swim I always choose to do the backflow I know that not a lot of humans are as sharp as I am My modesty's my greatest quality It's not, I'm lying I know I'm only just alright With this hard of rhyming No, I'm not applying myself In fact, I'm hardly trying But just imagine what would happen If I stuck to rapping, man I'd probably have a helicopter And a couple mansions With some guard dogs And a bunch of fans they love attacking Probably not But it's fun to imagine it, yeah I can't complain of where I'm at, I'm just happy to be here I'd be ecstatic if we happen to have a repeat here Thanks to Pro Leader, I'm rapping the heaters while passing the reefer Man, that's what I call having a breather If they show love, I'ma show it back If the catch is too small, I'ma throw it back I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that I've done a lot, but I ain't got a lot to show for that Yeah, previous, it's clear to me I 